D-S-N-Y. Saturday, I have a headache. Being a parent is hard. We're back again. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Uh, hi, folks. Yankees Mets Express. I am your very overtired host, uh, Josh JB, whatever you want to call me. What's up, Lean? How's it going? This is why you shouldn't have kids, folks. I have a headache on your behalf, Josh. Uh, oddly, <laughs> oddly enough, okay, so we're, I guess I'll take you through my week here. Uh, I don't want to prattle on too much about this. So uh, today's Saturday, Monday. We took baby Riley to the pediatrician for her two-month vaccinations, which, of course, you're going to do. It's called responsible parenting. But apparently, <laughs> what's in these shots, they all the parenting books say, is that there's so much happening in the kid's body all at once that they just cry and scream nonstop. Riley, for a good two days, was not having it. Oh. Like, just screaming and crying. Uh, we, got, uh, we gave her baby Tylenol, and she calmed right down, went to sleep. Um, but oddly enough, that uh, she and she's been sleeping fine uh, at nighttime, but during the day, it's just a constant barrage of crying. It's very draining. And, and you, you mentioned that uh, she might be teething as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's experiencing the signs of it. Like she's mm. dro- uh, she's drooling a lot more. Oh, and she's uh, you know chewing on my shoulder, chewing on the um, the little like sack thing that Caitlin wears on her chest mm. to carry her around in. Yeah. Um, and she's been doing like a lot of like touching her face and like grabbing her ear and stuff. And apparently that's also a sign, oh. but, uh, today she's actually been pretty good. Um, so maybe it was just like, cause they say the shots take about three to five days to get out of their system. So okay. maybe that was that the thing that like, I told you about this, uh, that was giving me the, the least amount of sleep. Uh, so because of my snoring, uh, which all the guys in my family snore, it's a genetic, the sleep apnea is very much genetic. I got the CPAP machine. And this thing does not work. Like how I cannot sleep with this thing on. The first night I lasted like maybe an hour or so before I woke up. I was like, get nope, get this thing off my face. I nope, not cool, not cool. Uh last night I did I maybe lasted half an hour. It's Gosh. just it's it's claustrophobic. It covers like my entire damn nose. Right, right. And like I but you told them you want a new one, right? A new machine. Yeah, yeah. They um they have a um they have other models they can show me because I saw one thing I think the same company makes. It's like, it serves the same purpose, but the nose thing, it's just like, it's like a flatbed thing with two, two nozzles that go into my nostrils. Right. And then there's just the, the headset that's attached. So that I could probably live with because then like my nose isn't sweating. It's like out in the open and then, and then like it's still doing its job. But right. I also get this. There's apparently these non-FDA approved things called micro CPAP machines, which is legit just a battery operated device you shift into your nose. <laughs> just like shove it up there. Non-FDA approved. Uh, yeah, I totally and- spent 25 bucks on one and, and hoping it works because the CPAP, it's just first off, okay, um, here's all the attachments. Here's how you clean them. Here's how you need to let them dry. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Oh, you can only use distilled water. Like, Ugh. what the fuck? Come on. 
<laughs> and it's so bulky it takes up half the space on my nightstand mm. like we we got a late start recording because i spilled some water on my nightstand and i realized it's because the fucking sorry i'm cursing a lot today sorry <laughs> folks it's like the, the damn cpat machine is taking up half the space on my nightstand so i'm like you know yeah. what i'm not using this again anyway let me just unplug the damn thing put it somewhere else and look more room right oh yeah it's so annoying wow. yeah it's like it, it's just the tip of the iceberg of how they treat of how they treat people with healthcare in this country but that's a yeah. conversation that's, that's for, the whole other conversation that's a conversation for another show yes <laughs> conversation for uh several other shows uh anyway what's going on with you uh you were uh, celebrating in your house because i'm um, just to ship the soccer coverage liverpool sucks oh they're so liverpool bad sucks. i'm so happy Oh, it's so nice. It's it's kind of annoying for me because like I live with two huge Liverpool fans. So, oh, Liam, we lost the whole mood in the house. Like, oh, I'm sorry, Liam, Liam, we lost oh you. Oh my for, god, we, we, were we lost you for a nonstop. second. What happened? We lost you. What happened? Hello. Oh my bad. Oh, I thought you're the one who cut off. My bad, guys. Hello. Yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you. Hello. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Josh. Yeah. What? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Technical problems okay. on the Yankees Mets Express. This is, I'll have to see if I can edit this part out. Anyway. Yeah, hopefully. Okay. A anyway, uh, yeah, so what happened? Uh, what happened, you were saying, because you cut out for a second. Start, uh, take us from the time. You live, your dad and your brother are two huge Liverpool fans this week. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it kind of, when they lose, it just like kills the whole vibe of the house like the past two day two games that they lost mm -hmm. we've just been it's like fighting everyone is pissy so it's kind of annoying but it, it still makes me happy so now, now what's your mom's role in this because she she always tends to kind of hang out in the background oh my mom just wants my mom wants absolutely nothing to do with this she's, like, she's like i am not a part of this i'm going in the other room you, yeah you yeah she, she just runs away literally <laughs> what happens yeah <laughs> So, yeah, so yeah. it's it's so weird because like Liverpool, they recently they lost to Burnley, right? Yeah. Yes, they lost to Burnley most recently, one 0 and before that, they drew with uh, Manchester United. I mean, that's at least respectable because because Manchester United's at least at the top of the league. Oh, for sure, yeah. But yeah, yeah fun fact about Liverpool: they have yet to score a single goal in the new year. So. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Liverpool sucks. Oh yeah. Uh, it's so weird though, because like we talk about this um, all the time, and other times when Liverpool loses, your dad and your brother are just like, "Yeah, Liverpool's really bad. We just kind of accept it. It's fine." And other times they just let it ruin their day. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so weird how different. I think now they're just super, super frustrated. And like yeah. the front office clearly should be making moves and they've made it abundantly clear that they're not going to. So, you know, I can relate. And Mo Salah's already completely checked out. So. Oh yeah. Their whole front three are absolutely terrible. But yeah, Salah, like he, he needs to depart. And uh, I just want to point out uh, Everton might have had a hand in this uh, when Virgil van Dyke busted up his knee thanks to Jordan Pickford. Yeah, who would have thought Virgil van Dyke, the glue that was holding Liverpool Football Club together, and yeah. Everton just completely tore it apart. I mean, van Dyke's not that good. Sheesh. He is. Well, no, I mean, he's the best center back on the planet, you know, but. Um, Jeez, it's, it's so easy to forget he's 6'4. Oh, yeah, he's massive. Dude, this is what makes him so good and so unique. He's huge, but he is so fast. Yeah, he's, he's got, like, crazy legs. Fast. Yeah. 
He can do everything. Yeah, well, the Flying Dutchman, he is no more because Jordan Pickford tore up his knee and saved English soccer. Anyway. <laughs> That's so messed up, but low-key. <laughs> I hate Liverpool. I'm sorry. I apologize no, for nothing. It's fine. Uh, anyway, folks, today's show is going to be a little bit different. Normally, it's yours truly uh, driving the bus, even though we try to keep this in the, as equal a show as possible. Uh, given what's happening in New York Mets land, I think it's best if we let Lean uh, in the driver's seat today. Uh, so Lee, why don't you give us a quick rundown? Um, what has, what was happening this week with Jared Porter and the New York Mets, Jared Porter, their general manager for the listeners at home. So, um, a few days ago, as probably most of you, if not all of you know, by now, um, Jared Porter was basically exposed for, um, some text messages he had sent back in 2016. He sent some explicit messages uh, like unsolicited ones. 62 um, of them, I think. Yeah, something like that. It was a lot. Uh, just really explicit and graphic messages that was capped off with a, a picture of his, you know, area. And, or, and ex- an explicit photo. Yes, let's, let's just go with that. You can, yeah. yeah. Um, he, the, the Mets uh, acted swiftly and they handled the situation well. Uh, he was immediately fired. Um, he actually went on to say that uh, he, like, the picture wasn't him. It was just something that he found online, whatever. Even, yeah, I'm like, that doesn't make it any better. Yeah, exactly. I was reading it. I was like, <laughs> is this guy serious? Like, what is this? Like, oh, just kidding. You could have your job back. This is fine. Oh, it, 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 it's okay. It's uh, it's not me in the picture. Okay, right. But you still sent it. Right. Like, anyway, um, the woman... Uh, she like wanted to remain anonymous so we don't know much about her we just know that she's a a female reporter from another country she's international uh no sandy um, Alder- sandy alderson let it slip in his media appearance on mlb on mlb i heard about that but i didn't hear what yeah i mean you know she's, what we're she's social- korean korean oh okay i was gonna say yeah. we shouldn't say but yeah yeah no, um, it, it, the way i see it like should should we not say it no we shouldn't but it's out there yeah, you almost let it slip. Okay, she's Korean. We know that now. Great. That was actually very irresponsible of him too. Like it was, yeah, that was. It was. I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't think that. Not now, granted, I didn't see his MLB Network uh, press his uh, media appearance, but I have a knowing what I know about Sandy Alderson. I have a very hard time believing that he had bad intentions when he let that slip. I think it it was very much a Freudian slip. Josh, you right. kind of, um, yeah, you you said something. That's kind of what I was going to get to, too. I actually, yeah. I didn't watch all of it. That's why, like, I didn't hear the the country slip. But I heard most of it. I actually wrote a little uh, blurb. Right, yeah, I remember of, that. Yeah. Um, but basically, um, just a recap of what, uh, Sandy Alderson, by the way, is the president of the Mets, for those of you who don't yeah. know. He uh, kind of met with the media to discuss, like, what happened and stuff. And um, he said... Basically, I would say the focal point of what he was saying was that, um, you know, women, this is indicative of a larger problem, of a larger societal problem. Um, You know, sexism is something that's just rampant all across the board, not just sports. He did go on to say like, oh, you know, maybe it is a little bit worse in professional sports, but it, it is reflective of a bigger problem, something that affects all women everywhere. And, um, he said, he wanted to give an example. He was like, the fact that 
we don't see women in like for baseball in particular in like front office roles and in roles of power. That's proof that we have an issue. And he was like, for example, when I, we were hiring Porter, not one of the recommendations I got was from a woman, you know? Right. Which like, it's not necessarily, it's not really something you think about. Yeah. Uh, in terms of hiring sure. practices, that that's how like deeply baked uh, gender bias is into society. Absolutely. And you know, like, women are obviously things are getting better for at least I'm speaking specifically about women in sports things are getting better you see more and more women getting uh into like you know positions of power but this is still a problem and like this is something that I think about pretty frequently like even if women do uh end up having a position of power in sports like who's to say that this stuff won't happen because it's it's so it's so easy for men, especially powerful men, to just, they, right. they don't care. They don't care about titles. They don't care what, you know, wh- who the woman is. They don't care about any of that. And we've seen it in so many examples. Uh, the, when, I, when I heard this news, the first thing that I thought of, you and I discussed it on the show, was the Washington football team yep. scandal. You know, that was yeah. something that definitely, like, it, it it's something that I won't forget. Something that because that that me. the Washington football team that that practice had involved not um, it was cheerleaders, but also like um, various front office workers. I guess I don't know yeah. if they worked. I don't know if they worked directly in the front office or reported to the front office. But it wasn't just cheerleaders. It was no. like it was people who like who had to like jump through hoop after hoop just to get hired. Exactly. And that's what like some of the women who were interviewed about that scandal, they said, like, we have worked so hard to get here. Like we have done everything. We have done things that we didn't want to do. We've talked to people we didn't want to talk to. And then at the end, this happens to us, you know, and it's just like, what is the solution? And Sandy Alderson, of course, he was getting some criticism for this. And I even thought the same thing while I was watching. Well, you've been in a position of power for decades. Why don't you take the initiative and hire more women? But he did, he did make some really good and really important points. Like this is in order to, to fix these problems, more and more women need to be hired. The only way to fix this issue is for more and more women to be in positions of power to have these front office roles and education from a young age because so many men it's not even just sports so many men bro are they're just not taught by their parents they're not yeah. taught at schools how to treat women and it's just it, it's it's so sad that we're in the 21st century and it's 2021 like yeah and we still have these issues. It's unfathomable to, unfathomable it's, to me. And it's something that I like, I'm scared of for sure. You know? And it, it and the behavior doesn't just extend to how women are treated in the workplace in sports. It, it, it even trans, uh, it even transfers over into the marketing. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, my wife, Caitlin, after DJ LeMayhew agreed to return to the Yankees, she ordered his Jersey. But she had to pay extra money to have it customized for her because she can't wear a men's small because that's still too big for her. You've seen, you've seen, you've met it, uh, Caitlin mm-hmm. before, um, and so she has to get a women's jersey. And the only players they have available for the women, I, I think it's Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. That's it. Yeah, dude. Like Josh, actually, I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought this up. Like the stereotypes 
around and like the generalizations that revolve around women and sports mm-hmm. it's something that for me has always been appalling this is obviously nowhere near as bad as harassment or anything but you know how many times i've been like not respected i've been like not taken seriously like brushed because, off written off. yeah because people don't think that i know what i'm talking about i cannot tell you how many times i've talked to guys about sports and they've asked me to name five players on like oh, each. come on that's the oh my gosh bro yeah i here with that oh and it's happened to some of my friends too and like look i get it definitely sports are more of a guy thing but yeah. like does that mean that you have to assume that every like when a girl tells you she doesn't like that she watches sports you're just gonna assume she doesn't know what she's talking about like why yeah well, well caitlin also has a clint frazier jersey that yeah. she also had to get custom made um two seasons ago and she was out with her friend one night after going to a game yeah. and they're like oh you only like clint frazier because he because you right. think he's cute da, 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 da. She right. goes, no and then she and then she just cites like three of his instagram posts right about why she likes him and the guy's just standing there like uh okay i'm gonna go over here now it's so oh my gosh i can totally relate to that and it's it's so annoying i yeah it's sad man there's just like no no one takes into account the fact that maybe just maybe like women are actually interested in this field and in in these games and you know and actually know what they're talking about yeah it's, no I'm going to jump in here as well, because like I've been working as a sports writer in some capacity since the end of 2010. Um, And I'll admit, like there's been a couple of times when without my realizing it, I've kind of been guilty of sexism or gender bias or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Like the one example I can think of uh, specifically where I was kind of called out for it, not, not for not for sexism specifically, but just for kind of like infringing, I guess would be the right word Mm -hmm. on on uh, someone's work. Uh, it's 2015. I'm finally getting back into sports writing after a long, after a pretty long layoff. Uh, that's another story. Um, but it was a college sports website and the driving force behind it was we were constantly churning out breaking news throughout the day. Mm. Uh, and since I had the time to do it, I was taking a bunch of stories. And then um, there was a young lady also working at the site. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna reveal her name because she's still in the industry, and I'm. I'm not gonna be that guy. She kind of uh, messaged me privately and said, "Hey, um, you're covering a lot of Pac-12 stuff. That's kind of my thing. Like, I understand that you're trying to like make an impact here. You're trying to show that you're a good worker. But I'm in California, like the West Coast. That's my territory. And right. and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm so sorry. And now, granted, like she left the company shortly afterward, um, as and I left maybe like a year later. But the fact that she had to kind of corner me or just take me not not corner me, she just kind of she had to take me aside and say, "Hey, like this is mine." And right. so you just imagine how hard she had to work not just to get to the position she was in, but just to like get like that particular territory and be able to call it hers. For sure, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you, so, and similarly, when I was at, when I was a bleacher report, like, obviously I'm not going to name names here, but there was one writer there who, uh, she was a very attractive young lady, but she also knew the San Francisco giants and the Oakland A's like the back of her hand. Mm-hmm. Like you could, you could talk to her for maybe 15 minutes. And it was, it was clear. Like you would think that she had just left the stadium. That right. That's how knowledgeable she was. Right. But because she's a cute brunette, 
with a pretty face, the locker room talk starts. Of course. Now, obvious, obviously, like they're not, they're not making, they're not making implications that she slept her way into her position because that is the furthest. That is not what happened at all. Right. I, again, I'm not going to give her name, but this this woman was more than qualified for what she was doing. And and then of course, like, oh, like maybe yeah. she should do like a report in a bikini or like a Giants bikini or an A's bikini. I'm like, and I'll admit, like, I may or may not have taken part in that lightly. I was 20, I was how old was I? I was like 25, 26. I was trying to get in with get in with the crowd. Yeah. I was, yeah. And I apologize for that. Like it was, it was stupid. I'm not gonna and yeah, I I do stupid things in life sometimes. Like everybody does. Nobody's yeah. perfect, people are flawed. But when it comes to just how we treat each other, especially when it comes to 62 unsolicited messages, mm-hmm. like at, at what point, like she hasn't responded to you that for so long, why are you keeping at it? Mm-hmm. Like what's the, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same task over and over again, hoping you're gonna get a, get a different mm-hmm. result. Right. Jared Porter, like I label you as such, Jacques. going off of your um like what you were saying about your own personal experiences that's another important thing like I feel like almost every single guy in the world has let's talk about sports in particular has been guilty of some form of sexism when it comes to sports um I can give an example too like my my brother probably like the most respectful kid on planet earth you know Mm -hmm the most respectful kid, especially when it comes to woman, women, he is the perfect gentleman. But uh, like, you know, when he was younger, he would, even with me, even like we bond so much because we both know sports, but mm-hmm. he would sometimes like, you know, say some pretty, I like, I'd make a point that he wouldn't agree with. And he'd like say some sexist comments, you know, that like, basically right. you're a girl, you don't know what you're talking about. And I had heard him like on multiple occasions, just years ago when he was like, you know, in high school, even he'd ask girls like, oh, you like this team? Well, which players play for them, you know? And I think definitely the fact that I was around him helped because I, I told him like, don't do that. That's disgusting. And then right. later on in life, when it would happen to me, I would tell him and he'd get so mad on my behalf. Be like, oh, I wish right. I was there. I would have, I would have killed that kid, whatever, you know? Yeah. Um. So the most important thing and kind of going off what you're saying is that when men do do these things, they learn from their experiences. You clearly learn from your experiences, you know? Right. I've been working with you for, I don't know how many months, like 10 months maybe now. Yeah, sure. Let's say that. Yeah. I like haven't even come close to having an, you know, a bad experience feeling that you aren't taking me seriously, aren't respecting me, whatever. Uh, Same thing with my brother. Like he's gotten so much better. He doesn't say anything sexist at all when it comes to sports, you know, about anyone. And that, that's the most important thing. If all men could be like you guys and others who have learned from their experiences, then, you know, that's all that we can ask for. Everything would be better. Yeah. Now, now granted there, that, that, that isn't to say that I think that some of your uh, sports opinions are horribly wrong. Like namely when it comes to some talk about the New York Rangers, but we'll get to that later. Um, Why? Who? Oh, like be nice to Kako. That's all. Kako. I love Kako. What are you talking about? Wait, who am I thinking? Wait, weren't you like ripping on Kako or Kito at one point? I literally would die for the both of them. No. Okay, I know, I know you were ripping on Quinn at one point, but like coaching, I mean, yeah, I'm I was even kind of ripping too. on him. Like he's done a pretty not great job lately, but like I'm not willing to say, you know, let's fire him. 
Okay, I must be blending conversations then. So that's yeah, my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, but the point is like it's possible for the two of us to disagree on something sports-wise. And I can tell you, and I can tell you you're full of it without bringing your gender into the equation. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. And so I feel like, and also like while we're on the conversation, let's talk about like the Mets. Sandy Alderson said, Oh, we didn't talk about we didn't uh talk to any women he worked with. And I wrote a piece about the Mets hiring practices. It's like, okay, well, what is your vetting process exactly? Like we, we got rid of one toxic owner. So to show, Hey, like there's a new sheriff in town, things are different around here. And all of a sudden two seat, two off seasons in a row, you're dealing with a scandal. No, that's, right? a, that's, that's a great point, Josh, for real. And that's like, that's something that is worth noting. And it like, it should, this, this incident shouldn't be like seen as an isolated one and just like brushed right. under the rug. Like there's clearly something wrong with the organization. This is happening two years in a row under two different regimes. Well, now, I, I want to make it very clear. This isn't me saying that, that all teams across all sports should do deep, extensive FBI level background checks on potential hires. That's overkill. <laughs> We know, we know this, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but like for the Mets, all of a sudden, okay, first you hire Carlos Beltran's manager, the Astros scandal comes out and then he steps down and now, oh, you hire Jared Porter, who up until recently was a widely respected uh, up and comer in, in front offices. Right. Uh, he comes to the Mets from the angels. Okay. He's going to be great. He learned under Billy Epler, who's a pretty decent GM. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden all the dirty laundry comes out. Right. The, the right. scandal hits. And so I said in, in my piece with the Mets hiring practices, just what is the process? Who are you talking to? Rather, <laughs> like, it's all about, okay, it's not about how good is someone at his job? Do people like working for him? Yeah. And, you like, know, I think, uh, I think uh, it, this is kind of like blending different points that we've made. I feel like this is the importance of uh, like diversity within uh, among references. Like right, the fact yeah. that Alderson even like made it worth noting that none of the recommendations he got for Porter came from women. I really think that that's worth uh, like paying attention to. You should try to get the opinions and you know, just judgments from as many people from as many different backgrounds as possible, you know, to avoid. Things yeah. Like yeah. Now, now that said, when it comes to references, I mean, references are on an applicant to provide. So if, uh, so yeah, you absolutely want to get more diversity in references and in hiring, but at the same time, you also don't want to open the door to, for guys to be like, okay, uh, I worked for this team. Who was the woman I worked with? Okay. Um, who was, what was her rank? Oh, she was the assistant's assistant. Okay, great. Let's let's use let's use her as a uh, as a uh, reference. When, no, Josh, I feel you, but like I yeah. feel like sometimes because this is such a big problem in sports, I feel like even like we really shouldn't even just rely on references that the applicant brings. Like you should go out of your way to talk to like at least just a few people that they've worked with, you know, that weren't. Well, yeah, 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 because you know? it, because we all know that at baseball front offices, these guys are constantly talking to each other. Some of these, sure. some of these guys are even buddies. I'm just sure. willing to say. Yeah. So. Then, so yeah, they'll they'll talk to the references provided, but then they could certainly call someone they know who works for the same organization in a similar role, mm -hmm. who might have also kind of had a different perspective. Yeah, and th and then this way you find out, oh, if the reference and this person have the shared perspective, then you know it's a kosher hire. Right, right, right. Uh, but at but at the yeah. same time, like Sandy Alderson says, oh, like we didn't talk to any women. Oh yeah, because uh, women aren't getting the jobs. Maybe baseball needs to 
have some sort of Rooney role as it comes to this, like NFL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there are issues with that too, because like clearly, you know, there I mean, are minorities yeah. aren't even getting hired even with that. But yeah, like- There I was actually a really good piece in The Undefeated recently about um, the Rooney role. I, I read it, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like the general consensus is like, no, no, Roger Goodell and his team, they're and the, and they are working with the players and the coaches. They're doing everything right. It's the owners who don't care, mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah. they just go show the the fish rots from the head down. And 100%. there's only so much that the league can do. The action has the, it's on the owners to take action themselves. For sure. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and owners in sports in general are very problematic. The fact that it's like all all like old rich white dudes doesn't right. help. Yeah, hopefully it'll get better with time. But you know, right now it's yeah, it's and like I'm now like I'm not now like I don't want to say like you have to start incentivizing diversity hiring. Like oh, if you if you hire so uh, yeah. if you hire a woman or if you hire a, a black man or a Latino man or if you hire hire mm-hmm. an Asian guy. Or, or woman and, and not from whatever you know what I'm talking about. I'm not giving right, yeah, the words to it. No, uh, oh, if you if you um, are active in diversity hiring, or if you yeah. do, or if you make an effort to hire not just white people, you can move up two slots in the draft. You, you don't want to do that, but I'm I'm worried that maybe we're we're heading down that road regardless. No, Josh, honestly, based like, on the NFL alone. Yeah, it's so so messed up that like you said you have to incentivize people to not be racist but we're, we're still so backwards that yeah. you know it, it it might be something that has to be done it's- look the, the good news is we're talking about this a lot more than we were five years ago For like sure. 10 years ago and that things and that's are the getting first better yeah exactly things, things yeah. are getting better it's just taking time i mean we have a new president now who look what did i think he was the best candidate from the job from the start no i didn't but at the same time, he's such a far departure from what we were dealing with the last four years that hopefully it institutes some kind of culture change in how we all treat each other. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all we can really hope for at this point. For sure, for sure, yeah. Uh, but similarly, like we're talking about the Mets hiring practices, there this just happened, this Jared Porter scandal, and now they're trying, they're apparently making a play for Trevor Bauer, which kind of contradicts the messaging they're sending out. Yeah, I mean Trevor Bauer. Uh, very problem. We'll get to the baseball part of it in a second, but right. Trevor Bauer is pretty problematic. Um, he is very active on social media. And look, okay, as someone who n- not a big Trevor Bauer fan. Okay, let me just put that out. Are, are, are you talking about Trevor Bauer, the player, or Trevor Bauer, the person, or both? Both, but w- now I'm talking about the person. Okay, but w- we'll get to the okay. player in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I was just I was just asking to make sure in that. No, yeah, yeah, that, that was a good question. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Bauer as a person, you know, he he does do some good things. He yeah. the fact that he's incredibly active on social media, the fact that he makes it a point to share with people his mind and the way that he thinks about baseball and pitching i think it's really cool never been done before i think most people think it's pretty cool and he, and he's one of the few players who's actually been vocally calling out mlb owners for sure for, um for um cba negotiations and how they've been pretty much negotiating in bad faith for years absolutely very outspoken about that stuff like doesn't yeah. hold back but the fact that he doesn't hold back, it's kind of like a blessing and a curse for him. Right. He doesn't really know when to stop and does some weird things on social media. Josh, you and I were talking right before the show 
2019. We're not gonna get into the details, like super lengthy and like I've forgotten a bunch of them, but basically like a woman who was an Alex Bregman fan was just engaging in some, I guess, friendly fire with Bauer on Twitter. He ended up taking it way too far, just tweeting at her like 40 times, whatever. And then his followers came for her, sending her really nasty stuff. And it's just like, okay, you can respond. That's fine. She's talking smack. You want to respond? That's cool. But like, you got to know when to stop, you know? And it's not just that. Now, I'm not saying that because how many people follow Trevor Bauer on Twitter? Like I'd say tens of thousands, right? Yeah, for sure. Now, obviously he's not fully responsible for everything they do on the platform. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's not like, okay, I'm just, I'm just curious right now looking just how many people uh, actually follow him. Uh, yeah, he's got 414,000 followers. He's only following 34 people, <laughs> oddly enough. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, it's what no one man on social media. Like, let's say I, all right, I have Twitter. I'm not responsible for what my followers do. Like, it's not like he was egging them on to mess with this young lady. But at the same time, the fact that he, that like she was getting hit at from all directions and he didn't jump in and be like, hey, guys, chill. Chill. This is all in good fun. Stop. But even so, you said it yourself. He tweets at her forty times, yeah. and it's becoming a problem. Also, Josh, just real quick about what you were saying about his followers. You're right. Like he definitely is not responsible. And apparently, like some of the tweets were saying like really cruel things about like the Holocaust, like really crazy Ugh. stuff. Um, you're right. He's not responsible for this, for, for these kinds of, uh, of, of these tweets and like this behavior, but also he saw that his followers were doing this and he didn't take the time to tweet about it, to say, don't do this. Right. You know yeah. I mean? That's pretty irresponsible. Very and irresponsible. He, he didn't say that until he got called out. People started like journalists and reporters asked him about this. Yeah. I'm not responsible. I don't condone this behavior. Why didn't you say this from the get-go before this escalated so much? You know what I mean? And uh, you had mentioned before too that like a lot of his tweets, um, uh, like other tweets have been resurfacing lately. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it's not a good look. Yeah. Now I'm going to put this out there. For, like, first off, we all know Trevor Bauer can pitch. Right. We, we know he's the reigning National League Cy Young winner. The guy can play. Um. And at the same time, I remember his initial forays into Twitter. Let's say, I think it was 2016, where it's very clear he maybe he had some weird political views. Maybe he read one too many philosophy books in college. The point, the point being, like, I don't think that he's just another idiot. He's obviously a very smart guy in, mm-hmm. in some capacity. Maybe we could put him in Bill Burr territory where he's kind of like, the well-informed troglodyte now. So maybe in 2016, he was legitimately just immature and he's since grown up and toned things down. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you watch his YouTube channel, you look at his Twitter. This is someone who isn't afraid to like start a verbal fight. He'll just say stuff and he's not afraid to stir the pot a little bit. But at the same time, we're talking in relation to the Mets, they're talking about, we need to hold everybody accountable. Oh, and I, I want to touch on something you said earlier in the show. The Mets handled the Mets franchise handled this almost perfectly. Mm-hmm. Now they, now I, I know some people will say, Oh, they should have fired him on the spot. Okay. In a perfect world. Yes, they should have, but Mina Kimes and am I pronouncing her name, right? Kimes. I think so. That's what yeah. I think. Her Mina name is. Kimes and Jeff Passan at ESPN dropped the story on ESPN at 11 o'clock at night on a Monday. 
Right, yeah. Now that happens, like here in New York, a lot of us are getting ready to go to bed. Yeah. And so at that point, um, I think that I read Porter had let Alderson and Steve Cohen know um, in the early evening, hey, just a heads up, this might become a thing. I just want to prepare you so you're not blindsided when the story does, when and if the story does drop. Hmm. So the story dropped, the details were all there. Not even 12 hours later, he was fired. Yeah. So bravo to Steve Cohen. For sure. Yeah, and he like, even, uh, I, I don't know if you saw, he took to Twitter and was like, Jared Porter has been terminated. Zero like, tolerance just, is what Yeah, zero, exactly, exactly. So that's definitely, that's important. And look, yeah, that's very important. But at the same time, you're you're talking about zero tolerance and establishing this culture of a 